there bad biddies and welcome back to another episode of views views so in today's one we're going to be continuing off from last time um the part two to 25 life lessons i've learned since turning 25. i know there's been a bit of a big break between the last episode and this one um because i did notice that the audio quality has been pretty bad on the other one so um reason being is because i actually recorded on my phone microphone um, instead of my usual the MacBook um, voice memos app because it's been crashing for a while so I've been trying to figure out how to get it back up and running and yeah it's been crashing multiple times um, so yeah hopefully today it works the quality is back to how it was with the other episodes um, but yeah let's see how we go uh, so that was pretty much life updates so we'll get straight into this episode because i've got about 13 more points to cover from last time onwards so just to recap the points from last time uh were number one if you can't decide what to do imagine what the 90 year old version of you would say or do two age is just a number it doesn't mean jack someone could be 25 and act 15 someone could be 15 and have the maturity of a 25 year old Three, your life doesn't end at 25. Stop saying, I want to be married, have kids, and get my degree by 25. Four, you are the youngest you will ever be right now, so seize the day. Say yes more often and embrace being spontaneous. Life is way too short for formal and regrets. Five, if you want to feel sad instantly and have time to waste, compare your life to someone else your age. Six, your self-respect needs to be stronger than your feelings. Seven, everything happens for a reason. Every lesson is a blessing. Rejection is just the universe's projection and redirection. Eight, life is meant to be a roller coaster journey that ends up in something beautiful, not a one-stop jet ski ride to the perfect destination. Nine, don't judge people by their words, judge them by their actions. Ten, the way people treat others is always a projection of how they view themselves. Eleven, the longer you entertain what is not meant for you, the longer you delay what is meant for you. Whatever is meant for you won't pass by you. 12. If they wanted to and they could, they would. So now on to the final 13 points that I'm going to be talking about today. So I'll start um, with number one, you did the best with the level of understanding you had at the time. So stop being so mean to yourself. Two, gratitude is your greatest weapon against negativity. Journaling really helps you reflect on your growth. Three, no response is a response. Sometimes it's better to be ghosted than to be strung along. Four, the only closure you need is the one that you create for yourself. Know how to give yourself closure even if the other person didn't. 5. Letting go doesn't happen overnight. It's often a combination of one step forward and two steps backwards until one day you look back and realise you've let go completely. 6. Discipline rather than motivation gets you far in life. 7. Not everybody has the same values, goals or the same heart that you do. 8. Don't give away second chances so freely. 9. You can always make the money back. 10. Consistently work towards mastering the art of detachment to expectations, external things and people in life. Take some time to learn about yourself and your attachment style. 11. Embrace the uncertainty of life. Everything doesn't always need an answer right away. 12. Accept things, situations and people rather than control or change them. 13. A bad day is not necessarily a bad life. On to my first point, you did the best with the level of understanding you had at the time, so stop being so mean to yourself. So what I mean by this is that as we are growing and evolving and becoming older, we are also going through so many more new life experiences, we're going through so many changes and meeting new people, overcoming difficult circumstances. So it's really, really unfair of us to expect that in the past, um, the way that we reacted, because we look at it now and we think, wow, that was so embarrassing. But the person that was in the past isn't the person that we are now. But it's so difficult for us to see that because we're the ones that are living in our bodies and going through the daily motions and, you know, going through day-to-day -day life. So to us, it feels like day-to-day, -day, there's no difference. But when you look back and you reflect on a period from the past, there is actually a massive difference because you know something new now because of what you've went through and what you experienced that made you embarrassed because you've learned from it. Whereas at the time that it happened, you just thought that 
what you were doing was the right thing in that moment given the decisions and the advice that you had been given or provided or that you sought out you know so you did what you thought was the best thing with all the advice knowledge the emotions that were involved um, and the attachments to situations or people that were involved because sometimes you know we might be just as wise back then as we were now but we didn't have emotional detachment to a situation um, compared to what we have now so like a prime example of this would be if you look at a breakup like when you think about you know giving second chances to people that might have not deserved them you would like now looking back at it when you're so detached from the situation you'd be like why would I disrespect myself like that or like why would I give someone that is as horrible as that person was as another chance at this but at the time you were so involved with the situation you were just right in the middle of it like you had so many emotions involved you had um, so many feelings involved you had so much experience and attachment involved to this person like that sh experiences that you shared the memories that you made like obviously your decision is not going to be the same as you looking back right now and sitting on your high horse and being like wow that girl was that I was back then was very silly no she was not silly she just had all these experiences with this person that she thought that she loved and was right for her and because she was so close to the situation she couldn't actually see that this was not the right thing to do but that doesn't necessarily mean that you deserve to be punished or made to be seen as a clown or silly for what you did do in the past because yeah it might bring you secondhand embarrassment but you just need to know that at the time that's what you thought was best and that's what you did and now you're looking back and it's easy to see things in hindsight but it's not so easy in the moment and you know what the thing that you need to remember is right now in the state that you are where you think that you know you're doing so much better than what you were before there is going to be a time when you do something else right now in your present state where down the line you're going to look back and think what the hell was I thinking but when you're doing it right now you're not thinking oh my god this is the most ridiculous thing that I'm doing right you're just going with what you currently have knowledge of so no matter what anyone says no matter what your future self says just know that you are always trying your best to do the best that you can within the resources that you have and that you can't be your own worst critic you are the only person that's going to be there for you at the end of the day so learn to just accept who you were as a person in the past and realize that this does not mean that your whole life is over because of one decision that you made but as long as you've learned from as long as you've learned the lesson as long as you've you know moved past being that person that you thought was not the best version of themselves you have nothing to stress about at night time okay Okay, so number two, gratitude is your greatest weapon against negativity. Journaling really helps you reflect on your growth. So what I mean by this is when you feel like things are not going great in life, it's so, it's so easy to lose perspective on the things that are going right in your life. Um, and every time you have something negative that's happening and you balance it out with something that's happening in your life that's actually great, that's going on for you that you don't even acknowledge because you know we as humans tend to naturally and instinctively have a pessimistic mindset towards life when you try to balance that mindset out with something that's great that's going for you um in general like if it could be something innate like your career that you've you know worked so hard to establish or it could be the fact that you've had long-standing friends that have been there forever that you're not necessarily you don't talk to them all the time but the fact that you have those stable connections those are things that we sometimes take for granted because they're just always there in the background. But whenever something goes wrong, like something that's temporary or something that's new and it didn't work out how we wanted to, we tend to um, focus so much energy onto that because that's what's new and exciting. But um, it's really, really important to be able to ground ourselves and be like, look, I know that what I wanted right now is not going the way that I wished it would, but let's think of all the things in life right now that I do need to be grateful for because... They have literally made me the person I am and they are an innate part of me, but I just do not acknowledge them enough. And this mindset switch over time with practice is what makes us feel more peaceful um, about life in general. And it's something that we need to practice. And journaling, honestly, like sometimes when you journal and then you look back at um, the journal entries that you made, like from a year ago or from a few months ago, you just realize how much growth you've had from that person that you were. Or 
or like even for me I use this app which is called Pendu and it's like an online app but it's completely free um, you can access it on an app on your phone and you can also access it on the website and pretty much it syncs between like the online website and your app obviously so um, it's very and it's free to use as well like the basic features of adding journal entries you can add as much as you want um, and you can pay for upgrades for like special features but I just use the basic version and honestly it sends me like if you wish to get reminders it sends you email reminders and it says this time last year you wrote this and like sometimes I get those emails and I'm just curious you know like late at night I'm just scrolling through my email and then I click on it and I'm like wow I was such a different person back then and sometimes you don't even realize how much growth you've had until you know you see look back on those memories and you're like wow this time last year I was doing this and look where I am now like I didn't notice this every single day as I was growing but the amount of progress I've made as a person with my physical health my emotional health spiritual health is just immense and um, sometimes we get to forget this because so sometimes we tend to forget all these things because we get so bogged down in the small details of things that aren't going right we tend to focus on how to make them right instead of um, you know switching our mindset to be like you know everything's working in my favor and it's all going to work out and the slow growth will happen but it will be slow just like I said it won't be a quick jet ski ride to the perfect destination it will just be slow but you know worthwhile and that's what we have to remember every time we get into this negative spiral about life about things that aren't going the way that we want them to be right now just know that it's all working in your favor and things are all happening behind the scenes and you will get there to the destination it's just a matter of time and you know being in a period of limbo not knowing when things are going to work out but knowing and being optimistic um, with that optimistic mindset that things will work out for you in your favor and in the correct timing and just having faith in that instead of trying to focus on all the negative um, things which brings out negative energy and sends that into the universe and that in return gives you negative vibes it's as simple as that it's like the law of attraction of the more positive vibes you put out there the more positive energy that's going to surround you and the more negativity that you expel into the world the more negative occurrences and events and people are going to enter your life because that's what you believe you deserve and that's just not where we want to be at point number three no response is a response sometimes it's better to be ghosted than to be strung along so this obviously applies in a dating context but over the years i have had my fair share of dating experiences and you know like every time that you get ghosted it does feel personal but you have to remember that you know, some people are just not mature enough to be able to communicate that they don't want anything further or that they don't see this going anywhere. For some people, they just haven't met themselves at that level emotionally and it's so much easier for them to retreat and just to go ghost on you because it means that, you know, when they do decide they want to come out of their little um, space retreat that they can access you because they haven't officially ended things or they just are always in a turbulent sort of state of mind about whether they even see this going anywhere and they don't really feel sure about themselves enough to actually meet you on that same level so it's easier for them to ghost because it just gives so many options for them to come back later if they do decide against it and they have a change of mind because their mindset is just not stable like for example with me if I'm going out with someone and I just go on a few dates and I don't think that this is a match I'm able to be like okay I don't want to waste this person's time I'm going to be upfront with them and be like, look, I don't see this going anywhere. I've enjoyed the time that I've had with you and thanks for all the experiences and things like that. But um, I think it's better that we go our separate ways because we don't, I don't think that we are compatible. Um, and I don't like to string people along. But you have to realise that people do not always meet you at your level because they're not emotionally there yet. So sometimes, you know, being ghosted, um, that is a response. Like a no response to your text or being seen zoned or whatever for number of days is a response it's them saying in their way that they know how that they are not interested in you and that's as simple as that um and it's nothing to be taken personally because when i think about the times that i've rejected someone it's because it has nothing to do with them but it's because i thought that i don't see them as someone i would be compatible with because of things that i thought were deal breakers like and it doesn't mean that they're a terrible person it just means that they weren't my cup of tea and sometimes when it happens when the rejection happens to you um, it feels personal but then you have to remember the times that you rejected people 
and it wasn't personal because you know you could be an 11 out of 10 and you won't be someone's cup of tea still you know like you you just don't fit what they are looking for and it's so hard to pinpoint sometimes what you are looking for even with me like you know sometimes when I reject people I'm just like I just don't feel the connection there like I just don't feel like feel that this would mesh well in the future or the way that we talk or the way that we see life in general but it's really hard to put a finger on what exactly it is that I don't like about the certain person that I do find about another person even though they might have similar qualities about each other and they might be the similar type of person but it's just something that doesn't feel right like your gut instinct and so sometimes you can't really it's intangible the thought or the idea and it's just really hard to find answers or like speculate as to why someone doesn't think that you're their cup of tea and it just puts you into a negative mindset because you start to spiral about yourself so it's a lot easier to just think of it as it's not personal the times that I've rejected people it hasn't been personal so why wouldn't not be the same in my situation unless I've done something blatantly wrong and if you know that you're a good person and you haven't done anything wrong and that your personality is just not their cup of tea you just have to be like okay well thank you for responding in the way that you knew how in your emotionally mature way um it's still a response and I want to take it um and you know it's a shame that you couldn't be mature enough about it to be upfront but at least I know now the type of communicator you were and I'm grateful that this didn't follow through into a relationship. That's all you can really think of it like at, at the end of the day. Number four, the only closure you need is the one that you create for yourself. Know how to give yourself closure even if the other person didn't. Okay, so how I think of closure is, and I really understood it after my last heartbreak, um, closure is just you know, a way that, it's like a thing that we created in society where we thought that having someone who literally hurt us and put us through so much shit, and they know that they put us through so much shit because during the relationship and towards the end of it, you expressed how much it hurt you. Closure is society's way of saying that we're pretty much getting permission from this person to move on, being like them acknowledging that, yes, I've hurt you, and this is it and it might not even be a, like an apology from them like a sincere apology it's just you know them agreeing for the sake of agreeing that they were a shitty person but at the end of the day does that really change the circumstance like yeah it would be great for them to acknowledge it but at the end of the day this person is not going to be in your life anymore and the only person that's going to stay with you in your life is yourself so the closure that comes from their disrespect their lack of um loyalty the lack of communication the the lack of effort, you know, all of that stuff, that is your closure. Like the fact that they put you through so much, they put you through that emotional turmoil. You're the only one that can, you know, admit to yourself that these things are the reason exactly why you need to move on. The other person saying this stuff isn't going to make it better for you. In fact, it could make it worse because they're literally acknowledging all the shitty things that they did and they knew that they did this to you. And, you know, they don't have to say it for you to be granted permission to finally move on and close a chapter in your life. It's like you have to innately know that this person disrespected you essentially, you know, and they didn't meet you at the level that you needed them to. So why do we put so much pressure on this thing called closure? Like it really does not make much sense when you think of it this way because um, you're the only person who needs to be on the same page as yourself and understand why you need to move on okay um you know you need to hear it from yourself because the only person that you can trust in this life is yourself because you're the only one that's going to be there from the womb all the way to the grave like i've said before you're not going to rely on anyone else and you don't need anyone else's permission to move on and you don't need anyone else's permission to tell you how much they hurt you um for you to realize that they have hurt you because you've literally lived through the emotions so every time you think that you need an apology or you need that closure and yeah it would be nice to hear it from the person that hurt you and acknowledge it from their end but in reality it's not going to do anything in fact it's going to hit you harder that you know shit like I put myself through that and I've disrespected myself enough to be allowed to go through this situation with this other person and you want to be able to realize that on your own terms without being able to hear it from someone else because Trust me when I say this, like I never got closure and when I created my own closure, it was a stronger closure than I could have ever imagined coming from the other person. In If anything from that other person 
that apology would have been so fake that I would have felt even worse about myself. Um, so me giving myself that closure and realising that this person didn't love me in the way that I thought they did and the fact that they disrespected me and were disloyal, was disloyal to me is literally the only closure that I need in order to realise that this person was not right for me and I needed to move on. And that didn't come overnight. It came over you know, several months of me realising and putting together and piecing together the contents of the relationship and um, realising that, wow, like, I really need to get better at trusting my gut instinct and putting up firmer boundaries. And so all of that came together to get the closure that I needed. Closure is not a one-stop conversation with another person to get clarity. It is a culmination of many factors and things and ideas that go together to realise that, you know, you deserve better at the end of the day. Number five, letting go doesn't happen overnight. It's often a culmination of one step forward and two steps backwards until one day you look back and realise you've let go completely. So this is following on from the closure point earlier, um, and obviously to do with relationships and letting go of things like friendships and, you know, romantic relationships that no longer serve you. Um, letting go doesn't happen overnight. It's a culmination of days and weeks and months even and maybe years for some people where they realise that, you know, this person was not the right person for me or not the right friend for me, not the right partner for me because of this, this and this. Or even letting go of a toxic workplace or a toxic situation or whatever it is, all of it applies in that sense. But I'll just talk about it in the context of a relationship to make it a lot easier to, you know, follow through the concept. But basically, sometimes you might think of an ex-partner and you think, wow, I really miss the time that we did this together, but in a way, like, your mind is letting go of that idea that you're no longer doing this activity with that person anymore. So, you know, you might push yourself to do things like go to the same places that you used to go to with new people and make new memories, and in a way, that is letting go. Even though it's forced, it is you letting go and your mind saying, hey, I need to let go of this concept. And at the time, it does. it feels like it's very painful and you feel like, why am I forcing myself to do this? But over time, you realise that all of it does add up and your mind makes new memories. You go through new situations, you learn new concepts. And over time, you don't even realise it. And one day you just wake up and you're like, shit, I have not thought of this person in so long. And it's the best feeling ever. And like every day when I was going through heartbreak, I was like, when will this day come? When will this day come? Like I was just so feeling shit about it. I was like, I don't think I'll ever get there. But like, you know... I just had like a whole week where I just realized I hadn't thought about this person and I was like fuck it, it came when I was when I let go of the expectation that I needed to get there because at the start when I was healing I had so much expectation that I needed to get this done straight away and I needed to get through this ASAP but that's not how life works you have to always go through life being detached because if you are so attached to an outcome that outcome is always going to be the opposite of what you want because you're putting so much pressure on a situation and you're putting so much negative focus and energy on it when you should just let things go freely and happen as they are. And as soon as I realised that, you know, I'm going to let go and let things happen as they are, let my healing journey not be dictated by a number of months or days or whatever, that's when I finally woke up and was like, okay, I do not actually care about this person anymore as much as I thought I did. And it was the best feeling ever. And you don't realise it when you're having those breakdowns, when you realise that you've taken so many steps backwards and you're on the phone crying to your friend, having a breakdown, being like, why am I still upset about this? And then, like, days go by, weeks go by, and you're like, when was the last time I even did that? Like, you don't even realise, and it's the best feeling ever, but you have to trust the process and you have to detach yourself from wanting to achieve this outcome in certain amount of days or certain amount of months. You have to let go and accept that, the day-by-day day journey that you go on, all of it's going to add up at the end and all of it's going to get together to the point where you finally let go of the situation that's toxic or a person that's toxic for you. You just have to trust the universe and everything will work out in your favour. Point number six, discipline rather than motivation gets you far in life. So what do I mean by this? So motivation, um, it can either come internally or externally. So usually the motivation that we get is kind of external. So like we'd be having a bad day read a quote or something and then it's like external motivation or stimulus that makes us go hey like i want to get up and do this or like uh, you see a video on tiktok where someone's going to the gym and you're like you know what i'm going to go to that gym finally you know what i'm saying 
Whereas discipline is kind of something that you know that you might not want to do right now. Like, for example, I might have had a really long day at work and I would be like, oh my God, do I really have to go to the gym today? Like, it's leg day as well. It's going to be taking me an hour and a like, I love, like, day, don't get me wrong, but, like, after a really exhausting day at work, which is physically and mentally draining, and then have to do one and a half hours to two hours of um, an intense workout, sometimes you're just like, man, I just want to go home and crash. But that's when discipline kicks in. Discipline is so much different to motivation. Motivation is something that can be fleeting and it's very temporary. It can be long-term, but it is something that pushes you whether it's yourself internally whether it's convincing yourself internally that you have to do it that you know you want to get that you know if it's like you're a guy like you want to get that six pack or like even if you're a girl if you want to get those six pack six pack abs or whatever um you know if that's your goal and you you look at that and you're like oh my god i want to get that um i'm going to go to the gym today but that's motivation so you can do that one day and the next day you can forget all about it because that was a temporary fleeting thing Discipline, however, is knowing that you have a bigger goal in mind, that your goal is more wholesome in a way, like you, what's the word, you look at it in, you look at it in the long term, instead of something that's fleeting, like you say, I want to be physically and mentally healthy, and the gym is my safe place that gets me on a, um, it's like an anchor for me when I'm upset, or when I'm spiraling, or when I just need a push to, you know, kind of get a routine in my life going. Um, that's discipline because you know that it has a deeper meaning and it has a lot more context behind it as to why you're doing it. It's not for something superficial or something that's temporary. Like, you know, sometimes people want to hit up the gym because they want to lose weight and that's great. But that might only last for a period of time and then they, after they lose the weight, they're like, oh, I don't really need the gym anymore. But then that's where you go wrong because attending the gym regularly and working out is a long-term thing it's a discipline thing it's not just for a specific goal if you want to maintain a goal if you want to maintain your physical health you want to be able to attend at a regular thing no matter what your goal is you know um that's when it becomes part of your lifestyle that's when it becomes routine you know even things like some people get up in the morning and they're like i feel so shit i don't want to go to work but discipline is knowing that yes i don't feel like going to work right now i feel so shitty in the morning i just want to take a sick day but being like, no, I gotta get the bread and I gotta get this bag. So like you just you know that there's a long term picture involved. You know? Um, you know that you need to do it even though you don't want to do it. That's what life is. Sometimes you do things like I say this to all the kids sometimes and it's so amazing how much they switch out of it when I say this. Like you see like these eight, nine year olds crying and you're just like, Look, honey, like sometimes we have to do things in life that we don't want to do, but we have to do because it's a part of life. And they just look at me like, why is she giving me this deep talk right now? Like, I literally gave this talk to one of my eight-year-olds today. And she was, like, screaming in the chair when I was about to give her the needle. And I was, like, for, the for like, the um, dental filling. And she goes, she was, like, crying. And then I said, look, darling, like, I need you to breathe with me. And I was, like, breathing with her, doing deep breaths in and out through her nose. And I was like, I'm going to tell you something that is really important for the rest of your life, not just today. Like, we as adults, and now you're a big girl, so you are technically going to be an adult soon. We have to go through life not wanting to do something, but we have to do them because that's just part of life. And we can't control them. I know it's really uncomfortable, but you need to get this done because otherwise the long-term outcome is going to be worse. You're going to have a rotten tooth that needs to come out, which is worse than having a filling. Okay? And she just was so shocked at me and she was like, she just stopped crying after that. And I was like, what? Like, the fact that even an eight-year-old could grasp this concept, we as adults need to be able to do better. Like, yes, it feels so motivating to not go to work because you're like, oh, I can't be bothered. It's just one day. But discipline is knowing that you have to do things in life sometimes that you don't want to do in that particular day, but you're going to do it anyway because you're disciplined enough and your mindset is more focused on the long term rather than short term gain and the short term highs okay so that is what discipline is and it's so uh, it's so important to instill this into your brain from such a young age but it isn't instilled into people's brains from a young age at all um so different parenting styles the way that they were brought up and things whereas kids that have had to go through trauma that haven't had the luxury of being so spoiled and living in you know like a country like australia or like even europe or like in europe or like in the states or whatever they 
like these people that go through hardship and trauma they grow up so fast because they know that life is unfair you know life is unfair and you have to get through this shit because that's what life's about and there's no two ways about it you can't escape it if you wanted to whereas people that are like you know kids that are from those countries you won't find many of them screaming and crying and kicking the dental chair spoiled like they are here because they've been brought up different with a different mindset it's an innate mindset shift that they've inherited because of the way and the conditions of life there but here we take things so much for granted and you know like my mindset is not going to be the same as a mindset of a person that's grown up in Sri Lanka and stayed there all their life until 25 I guarantee you that like yes I'm I'm I act like a princess and I'm spoiled in certain things and I know that myself but I have to acknowledge at the end of the day that some things in life are shit and you just have to go with the ebbs and flows of life and that's what life is and that's where discipline comes in discipline gets you through those shit days where you don't feel like motivated enough to do anything that's the difference number 7 not everybody has the same values goals or the same heart that you do This is such a hard pill to swallow in life, but sometimes when you just find yourself being so different or reacting so differently to someone else in your life, um you tend to fall into this trap of comparison about why they react to certain situations completely different to yourself. Um you know, and I've even had some of my friends ask me that this stuff as well. They're like I don't get how you have so much of this stuff going on in your life and you are still okay with work and you're coping with work and you're coping with um your regular routine you're still doing everything um and then I have like you know some not the other day like another friend asked me dude I don't get how you still keep up a routine and things when you're going through such a tough time like you still stay motivated and disciplined enough to actually attend the gym go to work and you know not bail on daily activities or things or be there for other people how do you do it like i am not the same person as you and i just think there is no need to compare one person to another person and how they deal with life situations because all of us see things in different ways like we don't all have the same values um we might have similar values but we might all value them differently for example with me something about me that I admire and sometimes I wish I would take a chill pill with it but like for the most part I do admire this quality about me is that whenever I go through hardships in life I have this way about me where I convince myself and I my mindset is very strong and I'm like I'm not going to let this keep me down or prevent me from doing everything else um like an example would be like heartbreak like I literally went to work the next day and I was just like no nah, I'm not letting this shit get in the way of my life. Um I'm just one of those people like something could happen in my family and I'm be like nope I'm still studying. This is I'm still continuing my life. Um and some people think how the heck is she still functioning when this tragic thing just happened or like you know even when my one of my closest friends passed away last year I was really really upset and I wasn't really functioning well but I still pushed myself to function every day. I was very very harsh on myself. I was like, "Renuka, you have to keep going." Because how I think of this thing is like, let's look back at the um heartbreak example. Your heart is a muscle and it's broken right now because of all the emotions and the turbulence you've gone through. But at the end of the day, 6 months from now, your heart would start to mend. But if you let go of everything else in your body like when if you don't work out and if you don't look after the rest of your body everything else will go to shits even if your heart heals in 6 months. That's how I think of it. Like it's a weird way to see it but it works for me. Um and that's a value of mine in you know um I want to stay true to everything else in my life even if one aspect is falling apart. So even if something is stressing me out at work, I want to make sure that I'm doing well in all other aspects of my life still. I want to still keep that up. Um and so that might not be the same for other people like other people might be going through hardship and they value just focusing on that hardship and mending themselves through that without focusing on other things in their life they want to put um the other stuff in their life on a back burner for me that stresses me out because that's just not how my mindset is about life um but it doesn't mean that one mindset is wrong or one mindset is more correct or the more favorable thing to do it just means that we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to someone else because they don't have the same values or goals as us Um and even if they do it's not maybe not at the same extent as ours. Um 
the same with comparing hearts like sometimes when you go through um situations and there's another person involved you're just like how the hell could they do this to me or like how the heck do they could they be like this but at the end of the day like they don't see things the way that you do people aren't going to always see things in the way that your perspective of life is or that situation is and it's a such a hard pill to swallow because you're just like why can't they see it how i see it but it's so frustrating but we it is part of life to admit to ourselves that people aren't going to always see eye to eye with us because they've had different upbringings different values different core beliefs um that have shaped who they are as a person essentially and it's ridiculous to expect that they have the same values goals or the same heart that you do um and as soon as you accept this fact it's so much easier to see why people don't respond to situations the way that you do and not to take things so personally because that's just who they are as a person and it's most of the time 99% of the time it has nothing to do with you whatsoever um it's just how they deal with situations and it not might not be the same way that you deal with situations and that's that number eight don't give away second chances so freely now this is something that i wish the person i was the size of the year knew when i had my loyalty betrayed and my trust betrayed um but you know like i said we can't be harsh on ourselves in the past because we learn from those experiences what i've learned is giving second chances it needs to be done only in the most exceptional circumstances because why did you have to ask yourself why did this person or this situation warrant a second chance like if that first thing that they've done to us is disrespectful or it's you know goes against our values of how we see the situation should be um let's take this in the context of a relationship yeah like if you were disrespected um you were cheated on you were abused or whatever like why have you like why do you need to give them that second chance like why did they not respect you the first time like you really have to ask yourself um and when you give away second chances so freely it really really devalues you as a person because to them it seems like oh i can get away with this again because she gave it to me so easily um you know like that means that i could potentially just get away with this again and could use the same excuses that you know made her fold um this is why you really need to know exactly why that person is deserving of a second chance because if they're not then chances are you're just wasting your time energy and effort on someone who doesn't actually see your worth or your value or care about you enough because if they had cared about you enough you wouldn't need to be considering this question of whether you need to give them a second chance in the first place okay so the only circumstances where second chances should be given is if they've had a really really good track record of good behavior where there's been no red flags in the past this friendship relationship situationship whatever it is um and 99% of the time there has been many red flags that you've just missed and it's come to light now that there's been a big event that's happened um like for example betrayal of your trust or cheating or you know abuse or um you know calling you names and degrading you and things like that that is what makes you question things but when you're in that situation you're so it's so emotional and it's really hard to think of those red flags so it's only very very rare that you would actually need to give someone a second chance if they had like a really 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 good reason which most of the time like from what i've heard and experiences there really isn't any really good reasons like it's just poor behavior it's pathetic behavior even if it's them going through something you don't treat people like shit just because you're going through something like no one is your emotional punching bag you know like no one in your life not even your partner not even your parent not even your siblings no one no one is your emotional punching bag it's not fair on someone else there are so many other healthy ways to vent out your emotions and get your emotions out in the correct way and it's definitely not using another human being who has complex emotions and has complex feelings and things which affect their mental health and their sanity so no when you give a second chance really 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 consider whether this person is even deserving of the second chance in the first place nine you can always make the money back now so this is a really hard thing to learn in your 20s because when you're in your 20s you're usually most of the time just starting out your full-time job and you realize the true value of money the true value 
that goes behind money, which is hard work, you know, you're doing that nine to five hustle. And when you lose, like, say, 1k to scam, or like, you lose like 3k because you've, you know, trusted a friend that you shouldn't have trusted, and you booked flights or booked tickets to somewhere, and they've been really untrustworthy with handling money, and you've lost a large sum of money, okay, you know, these things, like, make you panic, because you're just like, shit, that's a lot of money, like, that's like, you know, a few days of work for some people, it could be one to two days of work for another person, whatever it is, it's still hard work, you know, and as an adult, like, we realise how hard it is to budget and make ourselves, um, you know, have a proper lifestyle where we're comfortable enough to do things that we love as well as, you know, spend on the necessities, you know, so, like, when you lose this amount of money and big one lump sum, it obviously feels like a massive loss, and, you know, and the newsflash, this is just the start of it, you're going to have so many incidences during your life where you're just going to have to lose money because you've, you know, invested in something that you shouldn't have, you've made poor decisions, you've trusted the wrong people, um, you know, you took a chance and it went down really well, like, sorry, badly, um, you know, like, you might start, decide to start a business down the line, your 30s even, and, or like 40s, whatever it is, and you might realise it's very unsuccessful, but that's life, like, life is going to be so many ebbs and flows, not just with our emotional health, our mental health, but it's, with our physical health, but also with our financial health, like, we're not going to always be in a constant state of, um, positive cash flow, you know, like, it's, it's, we're going to lose some, we're going to win some, and, you know, some days it might just be very stagnant, and losing money, like, it feels like a massive deal, because it is, but you can always make the money back, you know, like, if you lose, like, 1k, for example, you can just be like, okay, look, like, in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to be working for maybe 30 years, another 30 years, and this is probably, like, one to three days worth of money, depending on whatever your career or profession is, I can easily make this money back, and that three days of that money being lost is literally nothing in the grand scheme of my entire life, you know, you have to put things into perspective, because when it happens, and it's such a, like, a big lump sum, like, obviously, it feels like a big loss to you, obviously, that's anyone, it feels like, shit, I can't believe I freaking lost that much money but you have to look at the bigger picture whenever this stuff happens and you need to know that um you know you you might win like you might win the lottery like three years down the line and you might win like 10k right and then why would you stress about this 3k because actually if you think about it 10k minus 3k you're in 7k is in profit okay i know it's not necessarily black and white like that but if you think about it see how many times we lose and we win money and um things happen in life and it all balances out in the end you know you win some you lose some and that's the mindset you've got to have so I know in the moment it feels shit but that's something I've learned in life that you are going to make it back and this is so minuscule this event of losing this money in your grand scheme of life like look at the wide wide vast majority of your days ahead of you and the life that you have ahead of you this is not the end of a day just because you lost 3k or 10k even or whatever it is okay like it seems like a big amount of money but you just need to put a goal down be like okay so how many days is it going to take me to make this money back and what how conservative am I going to be in the next few days to try and compensate for my usual spending you know you can always figure out a strategy to improve your mindset and make it more optimistic about the money that you've lost because you know at the end of the day life is going to fluctuate your financial health is going to fluctuate and you're going to definitely make this money back all right so don't stress Point number 10, consistently work towards mastering the art of detachment to expectations, external things and people in life. Take some time to learn about yourself and your attachment style. So I'm not going to lie, but when you have um, certain types of insecure attachment styles, mainly fearful avoidant or anxious avoidant styles, um, sorry, anxious attachment styles, it's quite difficult to learn how to detach from situations because um, when someone or a situation is being inconsistent and it's not very stable, it can trigger your um, anxiety and it can make you become more obsessive about a situation, a person or a circumstance more than you normally would if that person, situation or circumstance was being consistent and stable. Because um, one thing about learning what your attachment style is, 
um, you know, whether it's um, anxious preoccupied attachment style, whether it's fearful avoidant, whether it's avoidant, whether it's secure, is that you learn a lot about the characteristics that make up that attachment style and also the triggers that each attachment style has. And so this is a really worthwhile investment for like self-development because it teaches you what um, things are taking you back on your healing journey, what things are triggering your emotional wounds, like your childhood wounds, um, and making things traumatic for you. So um, whatever your attachment style is, it's okay to recognize that it might be more difficult for you to learn to detach from expectations, external things and people in life. But when you try and work towards mastering the art of detachment, things just become a lot more peaceful. You know, you're at internal peace with yourself consistently. Because when you lose expectations about how you want a situation to turn out or um, how you want certain things to work out between, you know, a partner um, or someone that you're seeing or even in friendships, you don't feel as affected because you know that you are whole on your own. Um, and so it takes a while to get to that place and I haven't reached it completely, but I'm definitely better than when I, you know, before I found out that, you know, I had an anxious attachment style that I was attracting avoidant people and that's what I was addicted to sort of thing. Like I am a lot more self-aware now and now when I do get attracted to those sort of people again, um, like whether it's friendships or in romantic partners, I catch myself realising why I'm so addicted to their avoidant behaviour. It's because it triggers this wound inside of me which is like this person is not giving me the validation I need and I feel like I have to earn their affection, earn their love and earn their attention. Um, and I always feel like if it's not earned or if it's not worked hard for, then I'm not worthy of it because that's one of the um, emotional wounds that anxious attachment people have growing up and it manifests in their romantic lives and in their friendships and in their interpersonal relationships in general. Um, so it's very, very important for anxious preoccupied or even fearful avoidance who have that anxious element in their attachment to learn how to become detached to things that are out of their control because once you can master this skill life just becomes a whole lot easier because a you're working towards becoming more secure and realizing that whenever things go wrong it's usually 99% of the time got nothing to do with you unless you've made a blatant mistake or error or done something really cooked um, and you learn to not take it personally and you learn to detach from an expectation that you shouldn't have had in the first place but yeah that's how it makes the process of lives and the ups and downs a lot easier to deal with when you become detached and see things from an objective perspective rather than involving your emotions in it and so certain attachment styles which is why it's so important to learn and take some time to learn about it your attachment style um, so certain attachment styles do get really emotional and they mix emotions into objective facts um, and that's where things can go south really easily. So while an avoidant attachment style, like these te people tend to see things more of an objective um, manner, and I'm not saying that that's the best attachment style because it really isn't. It's also one of the insecure attachment styles. But sometimes I find myself when I'm, because I'm anxious, preoccupied, working towards secure, I find myself like wishing, I wish I was just more avoidant. But that's not what you want to wish for. You want to wish that you are becoming more secure to the point that if a situation does cross your boundaries, that you quote unquote become avoidant, but it's not really avoidant, if that makes sense. It's more so you respecting yourself enough to be like, I'm not going to give this my time and day because it's literally not worth it or conducive to my healing or conducive to bettering myself. So yeah, it's important to distinguish between that wishing that you were avoidant versus wishing that you were becoming more secure that you can establish your boundaries and learn to stick to them so yeah that's something that um will be a lifelong journey learning how to detach from situations people and expectations because it's definitely not an easy ride number 11 is learn to embrace the uncertainty of life everything doesn't always need an answer straight away so this is something that I am still struggling with and I think a lot of people do struggle with because no one can 
100% perfect this, just like the previous point about detachment. It's really hard because it goes against human nature, but the more that we try and aim for this discomfort, like sitting in the discomfort, the more that we become at peace with ourselves. And that's what we're really hoping for, because happiness at the end of the day, well, for me anyway, it, it just means being at peace um, and content and being calm internally about all the things going on in my life, whether it be career, interpersonal relationships, my health, my fitness, my mindset. So for me, this is why learning towards mastering the art of detachment, as well as learning to embrace the uncertainty of life and sitting with discomfort, sitting in the gray area, is something that's been super, super hard for me. And it's I'm sure it's hard for a lot of people because it's not something that you want to sit in, you know, because you, as me, I'm a curious person, and I think a lot of people are, but I tend to always ask a lot of, why does that happen? Why do they do this? Why did you say that? Like, I always want to know why people do or say things a certain way, because I'm just always a curious person. So this makes this task even harder for me, like learning to sit in the unknown, because um, I always just want to know why things work the way they are, or where they do, or why do people say things they that they do or they do things and they don't mean it um etc etc i always want to know answers but the thing is in life we can't always get answers to these things because if you were to get answers you would have to go into each person's brain who's involved in the situation or just a person in general that you're involved with you have to go into their brain and literally go through and figure out what is going on because and we we really can't do that right like the only person's brain that we can pick is ourselves at the end of the day because we know we live with ourselves the whole time and we know what's going on for us but we can't really read someone else no matter how much we try so you know trying to put two and two together being like oh but they did this and then they said this so it must mean this but then the other day they did this it's like it just does your head in because you are trying so hard to figure someone out or a situation or a circumstance out but sometimes things need time to evolve like we need to give things space to breathe in order for it to eventuate into whatever it needs to be so the only thing that you can focus on is your mindset being like look this person is confusing the heck out of me right now or this friendship is really really making me upset whatever um the way that they're behaving right now is making me confused and agitated and you know unsure however I can't really go and, you know, shake them and be like, give me answers right now, okay? Because you don't know what's going on for them. What if they're sitting there being confu just as confused as you are about what you've done? And you're here thinking that they're being confusing. You never really know what's going on in their head, right? So you asking other people for answers and for knowing where things are going or, like, why did they've done something the way that they have or if you're in between conflict and you're waiting for someone to reach out or, like, you're not sure what to do, it's really really difficult to control what the other person does or says okay and it's really uncomfortable because you know we as humans we don't want to live with uncertainty we want to know what's going on um you know and it's normal it doesn't mean that you're crazy it just means that you need to learn how to talk yourself out of it like every time you want to you know figure things out or you know get a huge magnifying glass and try and analyze everything that's happened you need to like just, you know, tell yourself that, look, I am not born into this life to dissect people's brains, okay? Um, I know you might say psychiatrists and therapists are, but even they don't know what's going on for people, even though they try with their education and things to try and gauge where people are at. They don't completely know the whole picture either. Because at the end of the day, the only person that you really, really know is yourself, right? So you have to think of it this way, like, you can temper your emotions, your actions, and the consequences of those actions. So if you think that in a situation where you're confused and perplexed, you've done everything that you can, you've asked for clarity from the other person, or you've, you know, uh, forgiven the other person, or you've said your part and you've apologized or whatever it is, um, and now it's up to them, right? You can't really do anything about it as much as it sucks. Like you wish that you can escalate the situation or the timeline, but you can't. You just have to learn to deal with the gray. And it's so, so difficult, but it is an important skill to master because this is just going to keep continuing and continuing on in life with so many situations and we have to learn to be okay with it. Number 12, accept things, situations and people rather than control or change them. This is very, very important because 
I think a lot of us, we see the potential in someone. We see that, like, you know, that this person is so capable of doing so much more, right? And we want to convince ourselves that they are able to get to this goal, okay? But that's coming from your motivation, okay? That's coming from within your beliefs. It's not a reflection of what they think that they're capable of or their limiting beliefs, you know? It's not a reflection on that. So the more that you impose your expectations on people, the more that you're going to be disappointed. And this ties in with the previous point that we had about expectations and learning to master that art of detachment to expectations. So that applies to situations and people as well. So if you're not happy, like let's just say in a work situation, if you're not happy with it and you've done everything that you can in your power and you know, you've stepped away, you've lived in the gray area for a while, like we talked about in the previous point and you know, things are not changing despite what you've done on your behalf to do everything that you can right you can either choose to accept that this is going to always be the same and that situation about the workplace that you were unhappy about is never going to change despite everything that you've done and you can either choose to walk away or you can choose to stay there and consistently you know wallow in self-pity about that same thing happening to you again and again right the same thing applies to people like you can consistently tell yourself that no this person said that they wanted something and like you say in dating the context of dating this person said that they wanted something more but the actions are showing me that it's mixed messages they're not texting me um between meetings they're saying they wanted something more but they're not trying to get to know me they're not trying to set up dates they're not trying to initiate or pursue you can convince yourself that no there's potential because they do see that there's um you know that they're wanting commitment eventually or you can tell yourself look they might want commitment or they might just not know what they want and they're just saying that because they want to keep that as an option or keep you as a backup and that's why they're giving you these mixed signals or that they're just not as emotionally mature as you and they're not at the same level as you so you can choose to either stay in this and get disappointed by the actions again and again or you can choose to define that relationship for yourself and say look I don't want anything more out of this relationship it's going to just stay casual or I'm not expecting this sort of behavior from this person because they haven't shown me that they're capable of it so i'm not going to expect that they're able to do it in the future okay there's no ifs or buts like or oh, if i was be to become their girlfriend they might change they might text me consistently no if from the start that they're getting to know you and they've seen you a few times and they still don't think that you're interesting enough or that they're interested enough to pursue you or to text you or to get to know you what makes you think it's going to suddenly flip a switch like what's going to flip the switch in their brain you know like yeah they might take their time to get to know you that's fine it might take a few months for someone to realize that you're someone that they want to date that's fine i understand that people want to take things slow and that's probably the more healthy option but there's a difference between taking things slow and like not being consistent okay and then you trying to see potential in that person and saying that they can become consistent if they become invested in you you know there's just a fine line that we're treading between you know like you seeing someone's potential and thinking that they can evolve into that that might or might not be the case so as soon as you think of someone's potential you are setting up an expectation because you think that they can reach that and they haven't told you or proven to you that they can okay so when you learn to just look at the person and be like this is what they're doing and this is what they're showing me even though they're saying something else so that's what it means okay it means that they are not interested in pursuing me despite the fact that they said that they could be and I'm just going to accept that situation and I'm going to either walk away from this or I'm going to just say, look, I don't want anything further with you, but I'm just happy to casually date or short term date or whatever it is. OK, um, that's just an example with dating that happens quite commonly. Um, and the other example that I used was with workplaces. Right. We don't need to try and control or change it or we can just do steps to control or change the situation of the person um, in t you know, telling them our needs. Or like be the workplace or someone that you're dating or even a friend you tell them what your needs are right that you would like this to happen more you give them a few tries and if they consistently fail you or if things consistently don't change and you're still unhappy it's now but now on to you it's your choice like you control your actions and your decisions so you decide to step away from the situation or the person or the friendship you know so there's a limit between realizing that you can try and control or change things and getting disappointed by it and realizing that you've done everything that you can in your power and you've done everything from your end and things are still not changing so it's time for you to just you know force yourself to go cold turkey and move away from that situation person 
or friendship, okay? And my final point, number 13, a bad day is not necessarily a bad life, okay? So this is something that I am getting better at slowly, but I still have a long way to go. Sometimes you're just having a really rough day, okay? You're like spiraling, you're going through so much, you're having a lot of internal conflict, and then you just see something like on Instagram or like you, you know, you're just mindlessly scrolling until you're not mindlessly scrolling because you see something that catches your eye and then it just brings you back into another spiral, okay? This has happened me, happened to me recently, like having a really bad day, a lot of internal conflict about some of my interpersonal relationships that I have currently going and I'm working through and, um, you know, I was just like, let's just try and do my own thing, let's just do some self-care but then I made the mistake of going onto social media and then post after post was just about engagements and people getting married and all that and I have recently like no hate against any of that I know it's engagement season wedding season right now and I have recently like you know shifted into that mindset where I do see those posts and I think like um you know I'm really happy for these people they have found their person and I'm going to get to that stage one day you know and I've been pretty positive about it so far but when you're having a really really shit day and you're and the, the shit day is because you're having all this internal conflict and trauma from interpersonal relationships that are currently happening to you you just feel so shit when you see that like no matter how optimistic of a person you are it just brings you back you know and you just can turn into your day so your day can just turn into a whole downward spiral really quickly and that's what happened to me recently and it's just one of the examples that I can think of from the top of my head. But sometimes you just have like a bad day, like whether it's at work, you know, it's just a rough day, everything's going wrong, like you're running late, like everyone's upset at you, whatever. And then you just go home and you're just like, man, my life is just so like chaotic. This is another thing. I've been using the word chaotic a lot and it's manifested so badly in my life. Like as an example with the interpersonal relationships, things have just been going haywire and I'm like, damn like the power of words is so influential because me and my friends whenever something funny happens we just say damn that's so chaotic but the more that you say it the more that you manifest things into your life and I think that's what I've been doing lately and I've been trying to step away from using that word and trying to use something more neutral like damn that's so interesting like something that didn't have a negative or a positive connotation it's very neutral um because when you like become negative about the bad days that you're having and you say things like can't believe how chaotic this is or wow that's so messy I can't deal with myself like stuff like that you bring like the ne the energy around you down like you bring other people down you bring your own aura down and you just have negative energy all around you know um it's just so crazy to me like I was going through a few periods a few months where I was just so content with myself I was happy I was thriving I was at peace had like no sort of internal conflict and I was feeling on top of the world and I remember like like something shifted like everyone around me felt more positive they're more optimistic they're more like I could just have good days more often and it's not a coincidence because lately when I've been having these bad internal conflicts I've just been feeling so done with life and I know you shouldn't say this but I think I say it sometimes as well around people and people have tended to lately say to me don't be so negative like why are you saying that that's not good and I just noticed that there's been a dramatic shift because it used to not be like that when I was in that optimistic mindset and so now my current journey is focusing on going back to being in that optimistic mindset um you know and this is it's going to be like throughout life you're going to have that period where you're just optimistic and then you're going to have that period where you're feeling really pessimistic about life but in all of it I think you just have to remind yourself at the end of the day one bad day or a few bad days does not mean you have a bad life because in your life you're going to have ebbs and flows of optimistic versus pessimistic times right so as long as you keep that focus in your perspective right like the focus being that you're going to have good days you're going to have bad days but it doesn't mean that entirely your whole life was going to be a bad life yeah you choose to decide whether major the majority of your life is going to be good or if it's going to be bad it's even if it's good it's not going to not have bad days if that makes sense so as long as you can see it from that perspective you just need to trust the process and realize that even these bad days are leading you somewhere good okay like think about the prime example is heartbreak yeah like when you go through heartbreak those are some of your toughest days but then the light at the end of the tunnel after you go through that heartbreak 
are your best days, you know? Like, whenever there's sadness, there's going to be a period followed with happiness and vice versa. And that's just life. So, as long as you keep that perspective in mind, you're not going to lose sight of the fact that your life is actually pretty damn amazing. Alright then, bad biddies, that wraps up this podcast episode for 25 life lessons I've learnt since turning 25. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. I know that it was super late. Um, I did mention briefly in some of my points that I am going through a few um, internal chaos slash dramas with interpersonal relationships and just life in general, which is why there's been a month's delay with uploading. Um, I am back on track now and I am working towards being more positive and optimistic and continuing what I started and using this podcast to heal and to heal others and hopefully give others perspective on things as well and help them out in their journeys. Um, I am so sorry for the late upload but yeah sometimes these things happen and it's out of your control but yes I am looking forward to being a bit more regular with my podcast episodes um, and it might take a while for me to become consistent but I will try my best and yeah so for the time being I'm just going to focus on making content around um, things that I need reinforcement with and also just hopefully that resonates with you as well and that you can relate um yeah like always if you want to send me a listener question or comment about the podcast or whatever you can always just message me on views views dot podcast on instagram and i will try my best to respond to you or include your question in the next episode um so yeah i will leave that in the show notes as well and that's it for me for now so i shall see you guys very very soon hopefully but for the time being take care of yourselves enjoy the christmas period and new year's and i'll see you in the new year hopefully all right then bad biddies peace out ciao